Once again, you know what time it is. It's another episode of Real Hardball Talk with my man, Coach Ty Harrington. Coach Ty Harrington is a former grad assistant at the University of Texas, but he's also was the all-time winning his baseball coach at Texas State. Used to be Southwest Texas. One of my favorite people in the world. And we're going we're gonna to jump off the rails a little bit right here and talk a little basketball. I mean, you know, I, I called coach last week or this week, actually, at the beginning of this week, and we were having a conversation about who we thought was going to be the coach, what was his thoughts on basketball. And he's like, I'm not really a basketball guy, but I do have some connections in the game. And, you know, and one of your connections in the game, who also was a grad assistant coach at the time, a little bit, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, a little bit around the time while you were here at the University of Texas is the new basketball coach at the, at the University of Texas, Chris Beard. So, Coach, first off, thank you for being on the show again, as always. It's always good chopping, you, chopping it up with you about baseball. But yep. what are your thoughts on Texas getting, quote, unquote, their guy? Well, let's, let's start. Let's, let's get this thing started off just right. First of all, I'm looking at you again in this beach background with your hardball hat on that I still don't have yet. That's first. Due time, due time. Second, I'm watching you for the very first time with this beach background with these ridiculously looking headphones on you got right now that make you, I'm not sure what it, you look like a quarterback before an NFL game on the field throwing passes out there, keeping all your noise to yourself. Third, I've noticed already that you're drinking a beer and I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm sorry. I'm Miller Lite. I didn't. I forgot to add the Miller Lite in there. And I'm, I'm jealous. So now that I've got that off my chest, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna break into this thing and say I think it is. You, well, let me say this first. Right, let's back up. You brought this last week before I, and I'm not glued in or tied in, obviously as well as you are. But you brought this to attention last week and talked about how, you know, Shaka was leaving, hadn't left yet at that point. Then you started talking about who to replace and you brought Beer's name and lo and behold, it all laid out just like you said it was gonna with your crystal ball and your <laughs> information sources and however your, uh, how do they say it in the politics world? Your uh unnamed sources or unnamed whatever unnamed sources that's right yeah that's right, yeah. That's right. wow that's right. your unnamed source is a lot more better than a lot of these other political <laughs> shows whose unnamed sources suck <laughs> so <laughs> but i thought and i'll say a couple things one i think it is a tremendous hire uh for the university of texas it's a feather in their hat some people, if you're a Texas Tech fan, look at it like, oh, UT's throwing their weight around. They're, you know, they're doing their, their thing. Well, let's take a step back. And it goes back to what you just said. You know, Beard was here. And he and I started our careers similar timing, but we did it the similar way. We were student coaches and grew up to be graduate assistants. And then, you know, he was a junior college guy, I think, even as well. And, Everybody just kind of bounced around. 
And that's how you learn. That's how you earn your stripes. That's how you learn to coach. That's how you learn to make connections with other people and to help your career. And, and, and then you go back in his background and you look at the coaches that he coached with and it gets impressive. And it's not all the same style either, mind you, from Penders to Knight to all that. And, and all these styles of coaching change. So he absorbed a lot of it and then probably absorbed a lot of his own recruiting ideas of what he felt like could, you know, win. And I, I mean this in a, in a positive way, and it's not going to come out that way. But when you can create a, a, a team that's playing for a national championship in Lubbock, Texas, where people, you know, basketball wasn't a power or really, you know, that big of a – it's the women's basketball was, you know, back in the day when Marsha Sharp was coaching. And, you know, it just wasn't thought of as a baseball mecca on the high plains, right? And he made it that way. So if he can do that and with the resources now that I think, that we think, the University of Texas has, including an athletic director, an athletic staff, uh, a town, uh, a university, and a brand that is one of the largest brands, regardless of what you like about the University of Texas or dislike, it is one of, if not the most recognizable brand in college athletics. It's so the now New York Yankees, it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's, it, people know right. those brands. No question. And now he has that in his repertoire to go out and recruit to go out and do whatever it takes, you know, within the reasons to, to create a national championship team and, and, and give the University of Texas, which their motto is, and I'm going to tell you, it's true. They, they'll go to every coach, I guarantee, I don't know word for word. I don't know how Chris does that. I would never speak for him on this. But what they do is they give you a chance. They give you the resources and they give you the abilities and they ask you questions what does it take for you to win a national championship? Not just a big 12 championship. They're going to ask you, what does it take to win a national championship here? And then they give you that, what that pipeline of needs are to go do that. And he's going to have that now in his backing. It's just unfortunate that all of us can't win as many national championships as Eddie Reese does as he spits them out like, like, unbelievable. That guy's the biggest machine. He <laughs> yep. might be the greatest coach in the history of coaches, by the way. And that's a shout out to Eddie, who I've known for 30 some odd years. And really and truly, it's remarkable. I don't care how you cut it up, I, I, what what he's done there right. and, and how he's in national championships and all these done. But let's circle back. So the brand of the University of Texas. And then when he got his coaching start to be able to go back to your roots. To have that place when you first started out coaching, this is where I want to be. This is my this is my dream. It didn't have the fact to do that he didn't like Lubbock. It does not have anything to do with the fact that he couldn't still be coaching in Lubbock at, at Texas Tech. The reality is, I'm betting, I'm not thinking for him, but I'm betting in his mind, he's going, this was my goal. This was, I get check the box. This is the biggest box I wanted to check. And now's my chance to do it. And here he is. And hey, I, I'm excited. As a Longhorn, they, to me, you couldn't have gone and got a better guy. You said it too. I think you're in the same corner on it. They couldn't have got a better guy, in my opinion. Right. And that's the thing about it. If you got the, if you got the, the brand recognition, if you got the weight to throw around, why not use it to go and get the best? You know, I told you this 
last week when we first started talking about this, I said it reminded me a lot of the Urban Meyer situation, but there was too much talking with the Urban Meyer situation. Yeah. When it got real quiet with Chris Beard and people kept saying he could have squashed it, and you know this, you've been a coach, you've been, yeah. uh, you've been sought after, so to speak, where it's like, why would I squash any opportunity if it's going to give me leverage to be able to make more money? I mean, it's the yeah. way that things are. So when you start looking at those types of things, you got to kind of say, okay, this is kind of where I am as, as this all starts to play out. But as you said, we're both happy with this decision. I think uh, good things are going to come and, and he's a grassroots type of guy. He's going to, he's going to, bring some toughness he's going to bring some stability to this program to the point that you're like okay let's go let's go we're going to get behind this guy and let's get yep. into it but let's get yep. into it now as as someone like yourself who is a baseball mind today is opening day around across the major leagues and you know i asked you this before and i'm gonna ask you this again and i'm a little disappointed that when you were critiquing my outfit of today in the gear and the I can't change this background yet. That's what's been the problem. I've been trying to change the background, but I haven't been able to change it. But hold on, hold on. Maybe that will that help? If oh, I, now if you I make me feel it. better, man. Now, now we're yeah. together. Let me take a picture of this. Let me take a picture. But I can't. I can't see. The, I can't see the screen. <laughs> but. You didn't even say nothing about my Texas State Bobcat shirt that I got on, man. I was, on, I was man. saving that for the end when I was going to start talking <laughs> about Texas State baseball. I was saving. Don't get not, don't don't get grumpy. All I right. was going to jump back in there and and go bring it to life. And well, and, I'm going to let you bring my it love, to life right now. Show your love for Texas State. So I'm going to bring it to life right now. Texas State. <laughs> they they it's had there. A, it is here. It is ready to go. And let's talk about UTA coming into the ballpark, yeah. the Bobcat ballpark this weekend. There's a three-game yep. series, um, obviously, Easter weekend. So they're going to start it today as opposed yep. to tomorrow going into the weekend. So, you know, Bobcats lost to Baylor this week, which is is a tough loss for them. And, yep. you know, Baylor is not the team that we once thought they were, or maybe they are. We're still trying to figure that out. But anyway, they went up to um, Waco and lost four to two the other night. And now they're getting ready to face a UTA team that you have some experience with the head coach yeah. there. What should we expect? What should the Bobcat fans expect coming into this weekend? Well, they, I felt like last weekend they drew a line in the sand on you know, for the weekend saying, hey, it's time for us to get busy. And they probably would have swept the series if not for a really bad call at home plate that just changed the whole game uh, on Friday night. I mean, I, I mean, it truly just changed the whole game. And Trouty got dumped for it, too, and he should have. And I, I, he lasted about two minutes longer than I would have lasted on the call as well. But anyway, it was a sand moment for that team. And I thought they responded late in the games and won. And really and truly had – I thought I thought we were going to go in. I say we. I thought they were going to go into Baylor – and win on Tuesday. I did. I thought Baylor was reeling a little bit, um, unknown on the mound what they were going to really do. And uh, and I felt like Texas State had an advantage on the mound because Zeke Wood had, had been throwing better and, and he was going to go out there and pitch. And so I just – I thought that was a, a – they just didn't deliver the hit. They had two opportunities uh, to try to win that game and weren't able to just come up with a big hit that they needed to, to win with. And 
they come back now to UTA and really UTA, I was talking to Darren Thomas and DT is one of the finest men you'll ever meet in your lifetime. If you haven't met him yet, he is truly a golden person. And in our business and the coaching and the baseball business is thought of as one of the, the best persons you'll ever meet along with being an unreal coach, but an unbelievable person. And they haven't, they haven't played at the level that he thought they were going to play either. Now, some of it, like Texas State, has been injury-driven. You know, Texas State's still without Wethridge, who arguably I think is their best offensive player. And, and UTA's situation, they've been dinged up with about two of their offensive players that have been out that are now back. So he felt like they were – we keep using this word. And we're going to name it our word anyway. They, they keep trending up and keep trending better. And he was excited about this weekend – and or starting today and, 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 you know, how they were playing. So it's going to be because one of these two teams was originally, if Texas State supposed to win the league, UTA is right behind them, and they both find themselves in a dog fight right now trying to get their head above water with still some time to get it resolved. But this weekend is going to play heavily into possibly who's going to win the, the, the regular season conference championship on the West. And so I, I think this weekend is going to determine the outcome of some of that. So it's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, you know, I think now Texas State's got a better idea of their pitching rotation. And uh, they pitched better last weekend. And in UTA, which they've got their weekend starters are, are good. So they'll, they'll come out this weekend and, and uh, they'll have three good starters they are going to roll out there. They're all quality guys, all three guys that pitched for them in 2019 as well. And so it, it is, it's going to be a, a fun, it'll be last weekend was emotional for Texas state. They were locked in and their emotion was on the field. I love that because it just, you know, to, to be around that and watch when people really have to win and, and what they do to invest into it is always fun and emotionally. And, and I, I certainly expect the exact same thing. This is the first time in probably 15 years that it is not the last series of the year. It has always been the last series of the year. And DT and I were giggling about it yesterday on our interview because it, it always, the first two game or two, it always meant something. And maybe that third game didn't mean anything because we were always getting ready for the tournament or something had already happened or whatever it might be. And, uh, and I'll never forget this in 2009, we were, 38 and something, 35 and something. We were a regional team here at large, and DT knew it. Well, we we had won on – they won on Friday. We won on Saturday. And the Sunday game, it was raining. And it was going to continue to rain, but it was one of those things, do we want to fight it? Do we want to do whatever it is? DT came to me and said, hey, look. And this taste kind of guy is. He said, you guys are having a magical season. You guys got a chance to get in the regionals. Let's don't screw this up by getting somebody hurt out here in this in this rain. And we might be able to play, may not be able to play, might get started, may not. So if you want to, let's just can it move on. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, let's do that. I, got, I think I was on the bus when I answered. The question. <laughs> there was a lot more to it than that. It was a lot right, more. Right, right. Yeah, right. But, but that was the jest of all of it. And, uh, and so we always historically, we're always having to play the last weekend. So this is a kind of a difference, you know, thing this time this year. With, but remember now, in the Sun Belt, they chose, which I voted against. DT and I both voted against. 
because uh, this was back in 2019 in the fall, 18 in the fall, to short, they went to 24 conference games as opposed to 33. Gary Gilmore from Coastal, you know, brought this up. We could get better RPI games, fewer conference games. I voted against it because I wanted to be, I wanted to know who the true champion of a conference was. I thought that right, was important. Right. That's we important. Have, and DT and I have enough on Tuesdays. We don't need it. We, we're going to get our RPI games on Tuesday. So I was really anti it. Well, now they're, everybody's in a little bit of a, you know, what kind of storm because it's a shortened 24, you know, game conference. And they were having a hard time maybe even getting all their games in because of COVID. And uh, so anyway, the point is it, it's this weekend's, you know, push or shove and uh, on, on a lot of these teams and, and certainly the Sun Belt and around, you know, baseball in general. And, uh, you know, and again, I, I got to, you know, I got to, uh, watch them play all three games last weekend. I thought Texas State was starting to play a little bit better and get the offense and get the pitching, I'm sorry, lined out. But, you know, we're going to find out, you know, because these two teams, one thing about it, as much as BT is a great person, when it comes time, man, it, it on this deal, it, it it gets good out there. It gets, it gets emotional and competitive, and it'll be a lot of fun. Before we start talking about Texas playing, that played A&M on Tuesday night, and then they get ready to start their series against the Kansas Jayhawks today, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked about Coach Trout, and I know that you have a close personal relationship with him. He used to be your assistant coach. Now he's the head coach, or excuse me, he was your pitching coach. Now he's yep. the head coach of the program. When, when, when he looks at the big picture and look at how the conference is breaking up, and for those that aren't aware, Coach Ty Harrington is also the play-by-play, or excuse me, the analyst for ESPN Plus when Texas State plays at home. I wanted to ask you this. When this all breaks down and you talk to him, what is his thought process about his team and what's going on and where he feels they're headed? He, he feels like they're, they, they're getting better. He obviously is disappointed because of the injuries. You know, that they just got Sheffield back Saturday. And he is a shortstop. And let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, a guy can play shortstop for anybody in the country any day. I'm, he is that good. He's that good a college player. But they just got him back on Saturday. So, you know, and, and on Sunday, he ended up hitting a home run into about a 30-mile-an-hour win. And so his presence is just now starting to be felt. So he feels like they're going to start playing better. Maybe they get Wetheridge back in a month. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but he felt like they were starting to get their pitching lined up. And I think that's, you know, the, an important for him, obviously. And, you know, he's a really positive guy. I mean, he's not a, he, he's not that guy that just browbeats them to death and beats them down. Every day he wakes up with a better attitude and a better look at, all right, well, we'll do this and it'll get better for us. And I think that, I think that bleeds over to his players as well. And, and I think they believe it. I don't, what, but, cause what could happen, Michael? When you got older kids, there comes this point where if they don't feel like they've got a chance to win a conference championship, they'll kind of not be as, you know, could, can happen. They maybe not as involved as they need to be or bought in as they need to be until the conference tournament. Then you get kind of a, you're not playing, you know, it could be a bad thing. So you got, or they start getting other things in their life, start coming to, around, right? And like that beach behind you. And so they start thinking about a lot of yes, other sir. things. <laughs> and so, 
it, they need to, they need to get some momentum. They need to play good, obviously. And I, that's why I think tonight and, and this weekend is going to be huge for them and, and then moving forward. Well, let's transition to your alma mater, the Texas Longhorns. The Longhorns should are have ranked. been your alma mater. It should ahead. have been mine. I know. I know. I needed you to convince me a little bit more. But uh, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I failed. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm making up for it now. Hey, believe me, we are both learning from that experience because I tell you what, people ask me all the time, what did I miss? And I, and I said, if I would have went to the University of Texas, obviously the lifelong friendships that we would have, and obviously yep. you and I are, are, have been lifelong friends from the very beginning, yep. but the camaraderie and things, and that's whether you're at Texas State, that's whether you're at A&M or wherever you're at, you know, the college life was something that I, you know, if we look back at it, we, you know, I wish, I do wish that I would have came to the University of Texas because of the life experiences. But yeah, I do appreciate the fact that I, I, I people understand that I do bleed this burnt orange and I'm all yep, about that do. life and I'm, I, I, I kick it with everybody. But I also know that I love me some Longhorns and the Longhorns are ranked number five in the nation. They lost to Texas A&M on a Tuesday game, but they took two out of three against Oklahoma. And you talked about it before when you talked about Texas State. I need to understand, and, and I know the game of baseball very well, as do you, uh, but I also think about, you know, what it feels like to have a sweep. What is it like to have control of it and control your destiny. And I know that they're a little disappointed and you and I have had this conversation right here on, on the real hardball talk with Ty Harrington about that Sunday starter. It's yeah, important to get him going. You know, we yeah. talked about Pete Hansen. Pete Hansen didn't have a, he pitched well against AM. He just made two mistakes and they paid for, it, but the offense didn't score any runs. And I look at what Kobe Kubitschek has been trying to do and, his ERA yeah. is not bad, he's, he, but he's two and two, and, and most of the games that they lose are on Sundays. So going into this series, when you have a pitcher like that that is put in that position, how do you get the transition to happen for – for? I'm not even going to put it on him because on the, on the Sunday starter, what I want to put it on are the batters. You got to yeah. come in on the weekend and finish the weekend and not give away a bat. So as the head coach, what is that conversation like to get these guys back? Well, what, sometimes sometimes when you're trying when you're trying to sweep and you've won two games, there's a there's a little bit of a relaxed factor in there. Well, we won the series. Because we talk so much inadvertently, subconsciously, consciously, however we want to think or talk about well, it's just we, we got to win the series. We got to win the series, and then sometimes you 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 lose a little bit of that, you know, all bought in, urgent win, fourth and one. As soon as you show up in the ballpark, locked in, that kind of thing, because you've won two games already. But as a coach, what you really want to do, and it doesn't always translate this way, Michael, is you, you you're trying to take them. It's still one game. Each game is a separate game. If your goal is to be a national champion, to be a super re or a regional host, not only be a regional team, but a regional host, then you better try to win every game. You don't take a game off, regardless if you've won a series or not. You, you just can't emotionally approach it that way. Not that they're trying to lose the game. That's not it at all. But again, maybe they were just a little lax on Sunday when 
and didn't have the same urgency where they were hanging on every pitch because they knew they'd already won the two prior, previous games. So to answer your question, how do you get them to do it? Well, it really starts to become about them. It really starts to become about your leaders and, and their emotional involvement and their reminder to their teammates and to themselves, hey, man, your ass shows up at the park on Sunday, we're going for the sweep. We got, we went out, we're going, or whatever it might be, you know, that game. And, and, and that becomes, you know, it's, it's in some of the coaches' hands, but really, truly, that kind of mark starts to become from the leaders and the older kids and, and, and you know, do they really want to be that good? And what does that look like for them? Are they, are they that guy that can, you know, lead their team in that direction as well? And, and, and over time and over, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Pierce got reminded them of it before Sunday's game, probably even after Saturday's win. And so, you know, and then moving forward, and, you know, and it'll be a lesson for them. And if they're going to be a great team, when they get opportunities to sleep, then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be able to do it. And, it, and now you're casting a deal where now you got to go play on the road. And that's where you really start to learn your qualities and some of your inequalities. And that's when you, you know, because you need to win. Nobody, no doubt about it. You're in University of Texas, you're on the road, but now you got to go do it on the road. And that, you know, like they did at Baylor again, you know, they, they, you know, win a couple of games and then could they, could have, would have, should have, you know, who knows, you know what I mean? But if they're going to be that team that they'll start trying to figure that out where that if they got beat on Sunday, it was because the team had a ninth inning walk off, you know, so that, that kind of deal where that was in their hands where they had a chance to win it as well. Uh, but I also think, and I, this, I'm going to bring this back on you a little bit. Okay. I, and you and I have talked about this. And you you bring it up a lot. They're young in a lot of areas. They really are. I mean, let's think about this for a second. That yeah. the Texas team to me, you, you're going to lose Tom Adden. Yep. And then you're going to lose, you know, maybe one or two other guys. Everybody else is back. Right. With whoever you're adding in there, and no, and some of those freshman arms, Michael, are good, as you very well know. And you keep talking about their youthfulness. So maybe that usefulness starts to mature and evolve after games like Tuesday night, College Station, where it looked like there were 8,000 people there. And then, and then, <laughs> and then at, you know, different place, you know, maybe winning on a road and they start to gain that, that, you know, that let's win each one of them, confidence and maturity about them as well. Well, and that's one of the things, too, that I was thinking about as well. When you start looking around and you start trying to piece this team together and you say, who are my leaders? Who are the people that I need to lean on to? So Coach Pierce doesn't have to have that, that conversation. Right. So Coach Ty yeah. Harrington doesn't have to walk into that locker room and say, hey, guys, y'all need to stay focused. Y'all don't y'all need to make sure that every game matters because of what we talked about when we were talking about Texas State in the last last segment. The RPI, who are you playing? What are you doing? How is this happening? Win every game because every game does matter. And I, I, I appreciate the fact that a lot of these young guys are trying to be the leaders of this program. But at the yeah. end of the day, it goes back to, you don't want to give me any of those inches of that plate, right? You don't, as a pitcher, you're not giving up any. We talked about our man, Kirk Dressendorfer and how nasty and his mindset was. <laughs> On that mound but you could think about the same thing at the plate too you're you don't want to yeah. give that away so as a as a batter 
I don't want you to think that you're going to get the best of me because it's Sunday and we've already beat you two games. No, because my average is part of that too. My That's RBIs, right. my money is right there. And there's people yep. sitting in the stands. And I always go back to this, to the Mickey Mantle deal. Where Mickey Mantle, they asked Mickey Mantle one time, how, why does he play so hard? Why does he? He said, there may be a kid that comes to this game that has never seen me play and I don't want him to see me dogging it. That might yeah. be the one impression. We always talk about first impression. That's another thing. I sit here and I look at what is happening on Sunday. And, and I'm not saying they lose every Sunday game, and you know, but we're in conference play now. We're in conference play. And yeah. you told me, what did you tell me a while back? They take it out and they put that line in the sand and it's go time. It's time to go it and is. this is where we are and this is who I'm going to roll with. And so for me, I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking when it comes to this, but in order to have a special season, which they have the capability of doing it, I mean, you don't, do. you don't look. Todd Madden's got a 1.83 RA, so you sometimes as and you know this is better than anybody. When you got a stud or a hoss on that mound, the other team's pitcher knows that, and he's going to battle harder. Yeah. And pitch a better game. But as an offensive player, I need to get my man some run support. I need to make yeah. sure that that I'm dialed in and not take for granted of Tom Madden's on the mound, Roger Clemens on the mound, uh, Greg yeah. Swindell's on the mound. So I don't have to be – I could try to swing for the fence because Craig, Greg's not going to give up anybody. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah. you know, you, I, I just – I take some of that personally. Yeah, because of as I've gotten older, I've appreciated that a lot more. But I, when I was there, those kids' age, I understand. I wasn't yep. as dialed in, so that's why I wonder, you know, is Tula Whiskey's influence during those times? Does he need to lean on these kids a lot more? Because he's seen every time I they show the dugout, he's very active. He's not yep. just a figurehead guy. He's not just there just to hang out. He's he. he I'm sure he's teaching these kids that I don't, I'm not saying that he's not, but I was just curious to how you get the inspiration to make sure that those kids are doing those types of things. Well, let, let me, let me, let me interact then and say this. <clears throat> and I know we talked about this. Maybe the first, first time we did this, if I go back and look, but anytime you have a young, younger club, which is, I still think Texas is a young club. As if, if you look at if you look at a young club, by the time you get to April, the middle of April, for sure, you start to find out whether those kids are maturing or falling out because they've never played that many games before or or they emotionally don't know or have a good enough understanding of the true grind of 56 games and playing at a place like Texas or any of them. But by April, mid-April. They start to take shape in either direction. It's just the way college baseball is. So now I'm anxious. I mean, I, you brought this up that if, you know maybe they could win a little more on Sundays to complete them as a team. I don't disagree, but I think that'll all start to come out in their in the, how they play in a maturity level by mid-April. Those young guys now have been in the battle. And they've had their teeth kicked in before and succeeded and done all those things. So now they can start to be responsible for 
themselves and how they act and react and prepare for each game, as opposed to an older guy having to remind them. Now they have, they, they have a better idea how to do it. So that maturity dial will start to turn up about April 15th to, so everybody, you know, has a better idea of it or they regress one or the other. And that's the two different, that's the two directions young kids go. One, they've never played that many games before and they get tired and dinged up and they emotionally don't know how to handle it always. Or all of a sudden they go, so this is how you do it. I'm having success with it. So it's going to be fun to watch to see. Because I do think I do think they are creative offensively. I think I was I was shocked they didn't score on Tuesday like everybody else. Right. But they had I think they're creative in, in, in their abilities to score. I think David's done a good job of placing his lineup strategically where certain guys line up good for each other yep. and kind of allow each other to use their skill set. And then the other one is, is right behind him, able to do that, or two persons down strategically. So I, I, I mean, I, I do. I think there's, they've got really good offensive creativeness to them and abilities to score in a lot of different ways. But again, the the the, the, the emotional part of it, bringing it every day, is something I think they're growing towards. And, I, and I'm going to be, I'll be shocked if they don't yeah. become that that team that I think they have. It. And again, they're young. Yeah. I mean, honestly, goodness, I, I, you know. And so to me, this team's got so much upside. That and I hate to use the word potential because everybody, you know, we all <laughs> think about what we that word is, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But upside is probably a, a better way, and and so it's just I think April's going to be a telltale of, of of all of this over the next like thirty days or twenty eight days. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm gonna see what happens this weekend for both teams, the Texas State Bobcats as they take on UTA and the Texas Longhorns as they make. Uh, the trip up to Lawrence, Kansas, yeah. which, you know, Texas leads the series against uh, in Kansas. They're 17 and 10 in Kansas, coach. So they got a lot of work to do up there. That's not a good uh, look. Don't underestimate tough. them in Lawrence. You can't ever do that. Yeah. Yeah. So coach, don't know, always, much, go ahead. don't know much about Jayhawks. Never been there. Never played there. And, uh, you know, but. I've seen them. I guess I've seen them play down there. I don't think we ever played them. Oh, we might have played them in a tournament in Ron Rock or something yeah. like that years back. But I've never, I never got a chance to. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Get to go there if that's correct <laughs> or not. <laughs> hey, that works. You know, and all the above. Yeah. Hey, and I gotta say this one more time. And I, got, I got to be honest with you. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my glasses on to say it too. And I, I think. I think we're all on the same page. We're excited about Chris Beard being here. But you knew before everybody else knew that Shaka was leaving and Chris Beard was coming. And whoever your inside sources are or whoever your, you know, you know, brain is in there telling you, <laughs> feeding you the right information, will you please let me know? In case you hear something bad about me, so I can get it ahead of time and get it and, get it. <laughs> and start working on it. <laughs> I got you, Coach. I got you. That is awesome. That is awesome. Hey, yeah. and 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 now and now, I mean, I, I get you know you can rest on that a little bit, and you know, and I, but I gotta be honest with you, man. I was impressed, and I only told one person. After you told me that, I couldn't hold it in all the way. Yeah. I told one person, my old college roommate, Doug Lindar, and he was like, oh, whatever. That's no. And then he called me a little bit later. He goes, hey, man, 
<laughs> you were right. Well, that's when I had to correct you. I had this honest streak in my head. And once in a while, it comes around that my dad had it, which says, well, it wasn't really me. I guess, honestly, <laughs> it was hard. Who gave me the information? He goes, how did he know? I was like, I don't know, man. He knows everything. I don't know. What to I'm just connected to some people out in West Texas that was connected. So I love it. It was, it, it was a good call. And, and, you know, every once in a while, you get a little nervous about the information that you get. <laughs> And you're like, oh, hold on to it. Don't say nothing because if ah. not, people are going to come to your house and start beating down your door and say, false advertising, false advertising. <laughs> so I try to keep it 100, and I'm thankful that it did come through. I know as Longhorn fans, we're all excited. And most importantly, the Longhorn yep. baseball team is continuing to make that track. And, Coach, we're going we're gonna to look back at this uh, next week. And we want to talk about the standings and where every team is and your connections to all these coaches throughout yep. the Big 12 and the uh, Sunbelt Conference and kind of gauge how each team is starting to, to transform to become the teams that we think they are, like Texas Tech. We thought they yep. were going to be in the mix and they're continuing to get – they're starting to get hot as well. And yep. then some of the other teams in the Sunbelt Conference as well. As always, yep. I love talking to you. I appreciate your time. Yep. And today's opening day. So, you know, as we always like to say, let's play ball. Yep. Go get them, Goldie. I got two of them playing today. Finnegan and Goldie are playing today. And so I'm excited. I text both of them this morning and and uh, Austin Williams. And so I'm I'm excited for these guys to get everything started. But, hey, man, happy Easter to you and your family. Happy by the Easter way. to you as well, my friend. And yep. pray, prayers to your daughter. And for those yep. that don't know, she's – She's kind of banged up, broke her little leg, but she's gonna be all right, coach. She's gonna be all right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to the University of Texas as a hundred meter hurdler. I think that's <laughs> out of my career. I don't see that scholarship offer coming anymore. I think there's some <laughs> changes that have been made. <laughs> I appreciate you, coach. As always, see you, my man. to your family, bro. You got it. Adios. Later.